podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Hey everyone, welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation, the galaxy's number one Star Trek podcast for people to listen to while uh, doing pretty much anything but listening. I'm Matt. I'm Andy. <laughs> really want to lean on it that time. No, I like it. You know, you said that to uh, when we were testing the mics, you said I am Andy Secunda, and then... It sounded, it sounded to me Secunda. like the original Andy Secunda, and I was like, well, who are you yeah. now? And you're like, Andy Secunda Mark II? That's right. Andy Secunda D? You're, you're, P, you're PCAS, the post-COVID Andy Secunda? The, yeah, who knows? We're going to have a lot of transporter hail, so we can get into, am I Andy Secunda or am I a copy? Uh, I love it. Transporter, oh, I mean, look, if, I'm not going to sit here and argue about the physics of Star Trek. Yes, you die. I, I had okay? a feeling it this was going to be your, it so, Well, all right, we'll get into it. That is, that is the die. stance, because some people say that's not the stance. Yeah, well, it's not presented as such, but the way they describe the technology is working, you are, your pattern, when you're dematerialized, you die. But doesn't aren't they aren't they suggesting in certain? It, this is I'm sure just well, the world, time immemorial people have had this debate. But aren't aren't they saying that they're sending your actual energy down to the planet, so they're recreating you from your actual energy as opposed yes, to? Yes, that's what they're saying. So, but the technology, it, it's two things. Like you know, canonically, no, it doesn't kill you in Star Trek. No, canonically, it does not. Uh huh. But then if you look at the way this, the transporters are supposed to work in the technical manual. Uh-huh. It looks like it kills you and just copies you. It looks like it's the prestige. The tech, the technical manual says it destroys Well, you. just the way it describes it. It doesn't say that it destroys you. It just describes your pattern. Does the technical manual say it's sending... F- finish what you were going to say. No, it just it says it's your it, pattern. Just, it just sends your pattern down to another location. Your pattern. It doesn't say it's sending your energy down. Correct. Oh, yeah, well, that sounds like destroying. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, like, you saw The Prestige, right? I didn't, actually. Oh, watch it. Like, okay. seriously, because I don't want to spoil it for you. All right. But, like, this this sort of, like, copy, duplicate, dead thing, this is all covered in that movie about magicians. All right. And Nikolai Tesla, played by David Bowie, is there. So, Ooh, come on. That's exciting. Get on there. Uh, right. But that was like a pre-hail hail, I guess, Andy. <laughs> It was a pre hell hell. I knew that as soon as I mentioned it, that you would not. Yeah, be able to I mean it's yourself. endless. It's an endless thing. Like I've, you know, I've been thinking. I thought about it for years. I actually had this debate pretty recently with a friend of ours, uh, Chris Bishop, and oh, what was he? I literally doing? sent him the. I was like, well, we talked about whether or not it was like the Prestige or if it was like it says it's in Star Trek, and I was like, well, it's like it says it is in Star Trek because they decide what it is because they're canon. So, but it. Based on the tech, and I sent him a picture of the technical manual of how the transporter works. And anyway, is the technical manual canon? It it was canon in the writers' room. It was what they used to reference. Oh, it was. Yeah. All right, there you go. Uh, okay, so now let I'm me answer this question read, real quick. I'm still going to read the hails. I'm alerting you. I'm now. sorry about that, everyone. Man of the people, here we go. Matt, would you have them watch this episode? 
No, Matt says no. I'm answering for Matt, and the answer is no. You couldn't have been answering for me because I would have hit the post normally. <laughs> Here it is. I'll do it. Matt, would you have them watch this episode? Do you hate yourself? Then go for it. Uh, all right. So that's out of the way. Andy, let's go to the Amherst Club. All right. And that was the no, no. We need to go into it. <laughs> Got to fix these doors. Jesus. It says, imperfect as ever, folks. It doesn't matter who's at the helm. <laughs> it's gonna, <laughs> the show's going to be a shit show. Uh, welcome to the Animals Club. Um, uh, Mary Myra had <laughs> alerted you uh, that somebody oh, yes. so. they, in the face group felt like they were there. <laughs> There, uh, what's going on? My, my, uh, my Admirals Club entry wasn't in, and I'm not in the Admirals Club. If you write a review for us, you are in the Admirals Club. It may not be read, but you're in. You've got your entry. <laughs> I don't know what good that does you at home. But, I actually think uh, that that gentleman, uh, then, uh, was very good hearted and relaxed about it, um, and was fine about it. But, yeah, um, but it was very funny. My mother texted, my mother sent me a screenshot of, uh, this guy's post on the face group and uh i said well you know what mom just tell him that you forwarded it to me priority one so so uh, mary myra's got contacts uh inside the admiral's club oh yeah if you really need to get in there (laughs) um anyway but i'm just gonna make a clean sweep uh and i looked and tried to find some uh some uh, the ones that were from um you know the European countries. Well, did you? you this was. Did you say that it was James Patton, or did you, I mean? Look, I'm just going to say James Patton had written. Yes, he was who sent the priority one message through my mother. So there you he go. He was, and his his uh, and Phoebe review. Phillips. Phoebe Phillips is right below him, going. The good news is that you are actually in the Admirals Club. Phoebe knows how it works. Yeah, Phoebe's <laughs> on top of it. <laughs> Um, uh, Lieutenant uh, Phoebe Phillips. Um, And uh, James Patton is from Canada, and his review says such. Uh, Two thumbs up. One of my favorite Trek podcasts. Matt and Andy are two informative and insightful Hollywood insiders with a love uh, for the... mm, Kind of cuts it off here. I don't know if that's that's your picture. For love... uh, I don't know. It says something. And then it says, Friends, take you on a journey of a TV series that ended 25 years ago. Matt, a lovable Trek aficionado. And Andy, a blank for the friendship. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what to tell you. I moved it right from the uh, thing into the... Into the uh, into into my notes. And and, uh, I don't know if it was cut off at your end or at Mary's end, but... uh, there you go. Uh, so that's that one. Then we have uh, Hannah Silver, uh, who and and uh, James Patton was from Canada. By the way, I can, I can fill it in for you. Go ahead if you'd like to. Because oh I, yeah, you got I, it. I, I, I'm just going off of my mother's phone screenshot, which is a screenshot of his Facebook post. I guess my. Hollywood insiders with a love for the Gene Roddenberry franchise known the world over, Star Trek, join in the fun as the two friends take you on a TV journey uh, that ended over uh, 25 years ago. Matt, a lovable Trek aficionado, and Andy, a gentleman in search of love and a good slice of pizza. You'll subscribe for the Trek, but you'll stay for the friendship. Andy, by the way, in Andy's reading of it, I was a local aficionado. 
Did I say a local? You yeah. said a local, not lovable. That is very I funny. I, uh, I'm sorry. No, it's I very apologize. funny. It's very funny that you read local. <laughs> local boy makes good. Knows about Star Trek. No, no. I don't see. Oh, lovable. Yeah, yeah. you're right. I did yeah, say yeah. local. It's funny. Um, if we stopped every time either of us made a mistake to mock each other, we would never get through it. But only one of us does it. I'm not mocking you. I literally just thought I thought it was funny that you said local, you're delighted. like a news, like I a news, get it. Like sure, a, I get it. I was saying that you're like an old time best Trek Star reel. Trek podcast. This is by far the best, the favorite Star Trek podcast that I currently listen to. I don't listen to any others. Furthermore, Matt and Andy are not totally awful, and the content they provide is adequate. Joking aside, this podcast is genius. Whether a new episode drops, I always stop listening to whatever podcast I'm currently listening to in favor of this one. It's a must listen and subscribe for any Star Trek TNG fan. And I hope that after writing this review and granted access to the Admirals Club, you are even before it was read. Um, and that was from Carlos UK 81. Uh, and then from the US of A iTunes, we have two more. Just figured I'd, I'd hit as many as I could this week. Uh, immensely adequate from Requiem777. Ladies and gentlemen, and all friends, this is by far the most thoroughly adequate Star Trek podcast you'll ever have the pleasure of listening to uh, this week. <laughs> Matt and Andy consistently provide inconsistent material to delight, disgust, and disturb all comers. Pop on in for a highly informative, fun, and slightly organized podcast. And then the last one is Great Podcast. From Sukalski A. Uh, this podcast is the reason my husband looks at me like I'm insane when I count Nurse Ogawa's lines. <laughs> Thanks, guys. That's it. All right. Uh, I was counting them today, by the way, also. Uh, me so too. Happens to the best of us. Don't worry about it. Let's leave the Admirals Club, finally. And that was the Admirals Club. And head over to the President's Circle. Oh, you hear the trumpets, you hear the tippity drums. We must be in the president's circle. You can join if you head over to patreon.com forward slash Star Trek, the Star Trek TNC. Uh, you can support this podcast and get uh, four. If you join the president's circle, you get four extra podcasts every month. Uh, we just dropped uh, three hours talking about the finale of Discovery uh, for season two. Star Trek Enterprise. You get uh, We're covering the Marvel movies, uh, MCU. Uh, every month and, and uh, finally Star Trek Voyager and in August the new Star Trek series Lower Decks premieres we'll probably talk about it in the Patreon uh, that's right um, although we're we still have short treks to do you keep, uh, you keep yeah that's, that's July <laughs> oh you're saying in August you're jumping ahead very well, nice well it's August with this August 6th that comes out so I understand I don't know Christopher Pike Medal of Valor awardees for this month if you post uh, there's a special post for Priority One messages inside the Patreon. It'll get special attention for your hails, uh, and some will be selected for Christopher Pike Medal of Valor. And these are the awardees for this month. Lieutenant Raiden Cadinelli, uh, completely unrelated to any episode. My seven-year-old is now running around the house yelling, I'm the president, in a surprisingly <laughs> similar manner to the confused gentleman we keep running into at the buffet. 
Lieutenant Chris O'Neill, I haven't finished listening to the episode, but I hope they address how aggressively close Picard is standing next to Crusher. Uh, about twenty three thirty. Oh, I noticed yeah. it. I don't we think didn't we comment mentioned it. on it. I noticed no. it. We all. I had it in it. my notes. I think he was smelling her hair, <laughs> and uh, just wanted just wanted a little uh, just a just a bit of humanity. It's a. Uh, would you say that was a blocking issue again? It's just uh, like it was the, weird blocking all over the room because like two people are standing and one person sitting. It was a very strange way to use the observation lounge. Very strange indeed. Um, and the last Christopher Pike Medal of Valor is to Lieutenant Commander Jeff Mullins, who uh, sent a quote in from me who, where I said, uh, that's a worm on a worm, which uh, I don't remember the context. I'll tell <laughs> I was you referencing. It was uh, referencing ahead. Star Trek Discovery, and I was talking about their uh, undying need to open cans of worms when they could easily avoid them. Uh, so we were, we were, we were talking about... How did I tie about- it to that's a hat on a hat? Because they were, they kept. Well, because they, they, they did like this other thing. I was like, well, why don't they just use those dumb new droids, those R two units that the Enterprise suddenly has, to fucking pull the torpedo out? And then I right. believe it was in that context you said, well, then that'd be a worm on a worm. <laughs> I'm really funny. Oh boy, that's it. Uh, we can read the priority uh, one messages proper now. Here we go. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. This is from Laura V.S., Lieutenant Laura V.S., who writes us, What's the deal with Barkley? Hey, guys, I'm a recent proud member of the President's Circle. Uh, how would you say woot? How do you say that in casual conversation, Matt? How do you, how do you say what? Woot, W-O-O-T exclamation point. Yeah, woot, yeah, that's good. You, 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 don't, you don't put an emphasis on it in some way? No, like when you you know when Wootstock was a thing back in the back in the <laughs> mid two thousand and I'm not oh, kidding, it that's a real, a real thing? thing. Jesus oh, Christ! Okay, oh, it's a nerd thing. Know. It's a nerd thing. Woot. Well, all you right. Just say you woot. Translate stuff into nerd speak for me. <laughs> all right. Jesus Christ! I'm not making fun of you every time I open my mouth, Andy. I didn't think you were making fun of me that time. I okay. thought you were making a joke. No, no, no. It's a real. It's a real thing. It was. Uh, it was. Um, you know, it have like. Uh, Paul and Storm and Will Wheaton and uh, Jonathan Colton, Wootstock, uh, having a Comic-Con every year. Yeah, so anyway, Woot. You just say Woot. Wootstock. I really brought it to a screeching halt. <laughs> That's all on me. Just need some clarification on why so many fans seem to like Barkley so much. No hate here. Just curious because he rubs me the wrong way and uh, always has laugh out louds, I assume. LOL. Uh... Oh, and always has. LOL. Uh, I can't even go to IMDb to make sure I'm spelling his name right. I like the actor, though. Just want to hear, why all the hubbub? What's the allure? His character is so cringeworthy. It's like watching the English version of The Office or watching... Oh, I love the English version of The Office. I'm not with you on that one, Laura. Oh, uh, or watching very wrong, Laura. <laughs> people being interviewed by Ollie G and falling for a shtick. I think we're hitting why you don't like him. You know, you don't mind watching it, and you might even like it, uh, but there's kind of a supreme fog of discomfort falling over everything. Just a message to all of you who haven't joined the President's Circle yet. It's worth it. If you're like me and you get addicted to this pod, you'll need every opportunity you can to have a listen. Join up. Uh, a call to arms. Listen to your brethren. Join the President's Circle. Uh, also, yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna say, like, the Reg is Reg. Reg is the only person in Star Trek who behaves like a human. So that's 
Right. That's except really for, it. Except for the later shows, like Tilly and then... Non-canon. Uh, right. <laughs> Is Tilly non-canon? Jesus. I've decided that, yeah. No one... No one <laughs> wow. No that's one a bold passed, statement. No one past Enterprise is canon. That is uh, incredible. You heard it here first, guys. <laughs> um, yeah, and if uh, you don't like uncomfortable uh, shtick, uh, I- I'm surprised you can get through this podcast. <laughs> I hate, uh, like, you know, the, the fake interview stuff, I don't I don't love to watch that either. Um, but I, you know... That's just part of the structure. Watching though. people uncomfortable, like, I'm delighted, I don't know that any delighted show has- by that. Any any show or movie has done it better than The English Office, is my statement. I mean, even that Christmas special, when he's at that fucking pub in the Austin Powers costume, just looking so fucking sad. It's just <laughs> it's incredible. So it's incredible. It's really... It's definitely... It, it can ver, ver, verge on not pleasant. I'll agree with that. But it's just so impressive. Lieutenant Neil Studd writes us, When Barkley hears of Voyager's exploits... exploits in the Delta Quadrant, do you think he ever uses a transporter again after learning about Tuvix? <laughs> uh, you know, I think he's the kind of guy, Reg Barkley, uh, who wouldn't mind being some, fused with somebody else. He might like himself a little bit more. Uh, you, you, might, you might be right. You might think, well, this is going to improve me. Yeah. Uh, Lieutenant Cedric Clark writes us, Hey, guys, you know, being so afraid to teleport uh, that you avoid it at all costs is not unprecedented. The brilliant Dr. Catherine Pulaski never used it. This is why they couldn't use her transporter patterns uh, to easily purge her of the disease she contracted in unnatural selection. Thank you for the podcast. You guys are awesome. Oh, yeah, they gave her that other Dr. McCoy character trait. (laughs) But McCoy, somebody had mentioned something about McCoy never... Oh, he just hates it in the motion picture, but he's always beaming in the original series. He's always beaming in and out, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then here we go into some uh, discussion. Uh, Jeffrey D. Hansen writes us, let's go ahead and start this de- uh, this debate. Is the person that comes out the other side of the transporter the same person uh, that went in or a clone copy of the original? Mark C. adds, there's a debate. I thought it was established that it's a copy, but perfectly identical, so it's not a big deal. Mark C. responds, the transporter debate made me think it would be inevitable for the Klingons to transport or clone their greatest warrior millions of times to create a huge army in fact you could do that easily to take over a planet you just keep making the copy appear on the planet and you've made an uh, army from one person uh jeffrey yeah, adds, but you'd need think of the energy and the matter you would need for that you need to create matter you can't do that is that the issue i mean how does a replicator I, I, i'm just do going because the replicator has raw matter to make into food so couldn't you take the raw matter and turn it into a person I think cannot you know what are you what are we arguing about I mean or asking about it's 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 tough because like the question is like I'm not and this is like to everybody who's writing in about this yes you could do the fun debate of like well I mean if it really were a transporter and it were making a copy of you it would obviously you know would ha- you can't exist twice you'd have like it would have to destroy you and recreate you but it would be a perfect copy to the millisecond that you were killed fine that's how that should work but in the world of star trek canonically established it does not kill you it just it literally transports you now when we get into later episodes like uh second chances that we'll see this season 
where we'll have some transporter mishaps that result in full beings that are, um, you know, copies of the other person. Right. Maybe there'll be a little bit of something in there, but, you know, from what I remember about Star Trek, it's not... They they never intended to mean that it was killing you and putting you somewhere else, putting a copy of you down on the planet, for instance. It's tra- the idea is that it's transporting your energy. Yes, because recreating. no one would die otherwise. Like it's a can of worms in the world of like fiction. Because it, oh my god, we've we've lost uh, we've lost data. Well, go to the transporter and fucking go to his last pattern. And beam right. them back. It's like, that's not how it works. Just be storytelling-wise, that's not how it works. And thusly, that's not canonically how the transporter works in Star Trek. Uh, Eric Peoples uh, says, It does not create a copy at your destination. Those are the same atoms you left with. Making a copy would imply taking the raw materials uh, from your destination to rebuild a new version of you. So this is basically what you're saying. Um and then Jerry Canavan adds, uh, this episode has always seemed to me to be specifically crafted to silence the transporter clone debate. The whole thing is basically an excuse to show us a first-person POV yeah. uh, shot that shows continuity of consciousness within the transporter beam to demonstrate that you're definitely the same you on both sides. A lot of other episodes from both TOS and TNG contradict the, uh, that and really point to the clone notion, but this one is supposed to close the book and eliminate the issue. Yeah, and I don't think it, I don't think it's the intent unless the story needs it. You know what I mean? Like, it does what the it do, the transporter does what it does until the story decides that it needs it to work differently. <laughs> like we'll see, I'm sure, in Voyager when we get to Tuvix, and coming up in uh, this season of uh, TNG when we get to uh, Second Chances. Um, so yeah, I mean it's a fun debate, but it's also it's also just shouldn't really be a debate. Because it's just not. TV show? <laughs> it's not. No, no, no. It's just like not. Not what they want it to. Not what they want it to do in their world. They they want it to be to be that it's actually you coming out. Yeah. Canon. Yeah. 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 And yet you say that the technical manual. No, when you, you read the technical manual, it's it's not canon. It's it was written by the production designer. It was written by Akuda and and and. Uh, uh, Whatever. Cochran. No, it was published in '87. It was in the writers' room. It just tells you how everything is supposed to work, uh, up to and including the transporter system. But if you read it and don't have, just you'd extrapolate that it it kills you and puts another pattern down there. You know, it doesn't say it kills you. Right. Um. Yeah, I feel like that's and it's interesting because some people are very blase about it just like no but it's a perfect copy it's fine i'm like no that's you know like the the youtube video says that that's a suicide box um like if it really destroys and recreates you what uh, what youtube video uh, i think you might have sent it to me at some point but i can send it to you there's a is it the, is it the steve shives that guy is it it's like all animated and cartoons mm, no I don't think so. But oh. Steve, there's this YouTube channel that I, Steve, uh, I believe I his name is Steve Shives. And he has a whole, I believe he even has a whole video about this exact topic. 
uh, I would recommend you guys watch it. And uh, he's 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 squarely in my camp on this. Like it's it's whatever the writers said. This one is called The Trouble. It's on YouTube. It's The Trouble with Transporters from CGP Gray. And it's very informative and well done. However, it falls uh, securely on the opposite side of it saying that it destroys and recreates you. Yes, that's if you look at it like it's... If you look at it without any of the context of the television series, then yes, that's what it does. Well, that's, but the television series is what we're basing it on, so... Correct. I, I go with your opinion. You should go with the one. TV show. Go with the yeah. canon, guys. Go with it. It's like, essentially, we all... It's like everybody out there has an Andy's theory about the transporter. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yes, right. in context, sure. But there might be some stuff in the show that contradicts exactly what you're saying. But okay. Right. Those are spins. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, Lieutenant Commander Cosmo Moore asks, Matt, favorite com badge? Uh, My favorite com badge is the First Contact com badge, the Voyager com badge. Section (laughs) 31? What? Section 31? The Section 31 Black Delta (laughs) is my favorite com badge of all time. You love it. It's the best. Sorry, I interrupted you. What was it? No, I was saying that it's the it's the Voyager First Contact uh, Generations badge DS Nine with the little with, with the, the square little rather than the square, rather yeah. than the um, I suppose the rectangle rather than the oval. Fair. Uh, to me, that reads a little nineties. I have one. Do you? Yeah, on my admiral, my dress, my dress captain's uniform, rather. You know, you might have given me one, or somebody might have sent me one. Uh, they sent us somebody sent us uh, a while ago deltas from uh, discovery deltas you know what Uh, I'm going to take this opportunity to say I've been very bad with the P.O. box it's very difficult email me first email it's sttncpod at gmail.com and let me know and let's figure out a way to get there because with COVID it's all it's even more complicated than before and I apologize to many people have sent very nice gifts and things and uh i've just lost track and and uh, because it's not as hard to it's it's harder to organize than the email so i'm officially apologizing and if you want to circle back and let me know uh hey i sent you this um i may not know <laughs> what happened to it uh it may have been returned but uh i'll try and give you a, a hat tip on the show so my apologies globally for all of that, for my disorganization, which was advertised by Matt early in the uh, early in the show. Yeah, I didn't. In fact, I'm even surprised that uh, he still has a, a, a P.O. box to go to. Uh, yeah. When was the last time you visited it, Andy? It's been a while. Yeah, it's Certainly probably been not, like, honestly, God, it's been like, what, COVID. seven months? It could be. Yeah. yeah. So don't send us anything ever. It's never going to get read. You're fine. <laughs> Or email me. Um, <laughs> or email t- Andy before you send it. And probably that will end up the same place. What you'll need what to do is do? actually email Andy the day that your tracking number says it arrives. Uh, even because if, you, if I much. email you and go, <laughs> I just said something, it should be there in a couple days, it, I would forget in a day. Yeah. I'm a scatterbrained individual. There's no getting around it. Lieutenant Tom Bondurant writes us, hey Matt and Andy, I can't explain it, 
but your counting Nurse Ogawa's lines has become one of my favorite new things about the podcast. <laughs> you both seem so eager to hit uh, for her to hit the magic number, and it's actually kind of suspenseful to see if she'll do it. <laughs> Although I think he also added that we she was only in a couple more episodes in season six. Uh, so. That can't be accurate. She's got to be in at least five more episodes. Oh, all right. There you go. Well, we look forward to it. Uh, and that is it for the Priority One. Oh, you know what? Wait a minute. I don't know. Are we staying in the President Circle? Uh, no, we're done with the President Circle. We can go out into the corridor. Captain, Captain we are being hailed. All right. Um, this is from Jonathan Bremer. Episode 47. Hello, future people. Sorry about the world ending. Dear Mandy, December 2019, I began listening to to SDTNC. I started at the beginning, working my way through each episode from start to hopeful finish. A number of times, it occurred to me, like some sort of temporal anomaly, I've been reliving your past. Imagine my surprise when in episode 47, March 2018, Matt greets future people and apologizes for the world ending. How did he know? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Jonathan, UK. <laughs> well, Jonathan, I just sort of took stock of what was in front of us and realized... Really saw it coming. <laughs> it was going down the shitter. It's impressive. Impressive pr- prognostication. Um, and then we have one final prime corrective, and it is from our friend James Patton in Canada. Uh, you mean Admirals Club member James Patton? Admirals Club <laughs> admittee James Patton. I can't believe it. He has a prime corrective for us. Uh, it's really more I, informational than than prime corrective. But time for retrospective. Cause truth is our objective. It's a prime corrective. Cause Matt and he got it wrong. Hi, Matt and Andy. I'm an IATSE IATSE member uh, in the hair department working in Vancouver before the plague hit. In addition to working on a Roddenberry production, I have had the extreme good fortune of working with a number of ST alumni over the years, including Michael Piller. When I worked with Michael Dorn, I had to restrain myself from fanboying, informing him that my dog at the time was named Worf because in my house she was head of security. Uh, (laughs) That makes sense. Uh, And then he showed some uh, wonderful pics of his dog, Worf, with an alien on the Chronicles of Riddick and also with Laura Dern. Uh, One of the first (laughs) things I had to learn in film was how to break down a script. When a writer, such as yourselves, puts ND in a script, it means nondescript. Uh, And I think I had incorrectly theorized what does it mean night duty showing my (laughs) amateurness as a as a writer uh it defined as lacking distinctive features or characteristics in this case the crewman in question is labeled nd is generic generic and could be any race alien gender etc if i saw this in a script in regards to an actor uh i would know that i could create a hairstyle of my own design Within the context of that show, uh, Andy, I concur. Rose style, while functional, is meh. Uh, live long and prosper, James Dean Patton. And then he adds, P.S., maybe Andy needs a boyfriend. Oh, um, Andy. Say to that, James. Post-COVID, what do you need? I don't know that I would wish myself <laughs> I on think that we can woman say. or man, frankly. Well, I think that we should all just agree that we, the thing we all agree Andy needs is a good pizza. So if you can think of any, let us know. 
Oh yeah, please send in your suggestions. Because <laughs> Andy told me this the other day that he got a ba- maybe it was in the Discovery podcast. He was like, "Oh, my friend." This might have also just been a conversation where you were like, "We got a pizza the other day, and it was from this place in in over by you." And it's it definitely a podcast good. where you had it was a long digression for yeah, no reason. And I was like, "Oh, I've heard that place is good." And then you're like, "Well, maybe they had an off day." And then I ordered it the like a day or two later. <laughs> you and, did, and I just all capitalized. Sent Andy a disgusted. I was like, "This pizza sucks." <laughs> oh, I didn't. I thought you were just doing a callback to our conversation. I didn't realize that was a review. I ordered it. Like I ordered it because like, it's right near is, you. I was like, "This is awful." Andy's yeah. right. Yeah. Wow. That was. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't just an off day, everyone. I'm here to report. <laughs> What a weird! I guess I guess it fits with our with our general. Uh, well, because I our, was saying that I our heard, general pattern is that we both watch a thing and then we both comment our perspective. So I said I didn't like a pizza, and you had to know. Well, yeah. would I also not like that? And pizza? The, the results are in, and Andy's right. <laughs> How All many right. Andy's would you give it? Uh, that pizza gets. Ooh, that gets. It honestly gets three, three Andy's because I only had like a. Maybe I had a s- slice and a half of each of the two 12-inch pizzas that were ordered. Oh, and then I, two. like, threw out the rest. So I know. What was what would be your description of, like, why it was bad? Because I had strong opinions. I would say that it was, like, the dough-to-cheese ratio was bananas. Off yeah. off the charts. Like, I don't need that much cheese anywhere. Uh-huh. Uh, and it just, like, it tasted so... Bl- it's like if you... If, it's like if... This is going to be the weirdest description of a pizza ever. Okay, so here we go. <laughs> it's like if you owned a roller rink and yeah. your teenage daughter decided to take some cooking classes and <laughs> said, I'm going to spruce up your roller rink pizza, Dad. Just let me have the kitchen. I'm like, okay. And that's right. what she would come out with. And I'd be like, okay. I mean, it's better I, than roller rink pizza, but it's not good. I can't dispute that. <laughs> I don't even know that I would say it's better than roller rake pizza. The thing that was interesting to me, and maybe it didn't happen with you, is it wasn't even really cooked enough. It was like... I agree with that also. Just cardboard. We are a hundred years old. We just referenced roller rink pizza. <laughs> you know, kids. You know when you're out of the roller rink. I know they're not that popular anymore, but don't they still exist? Or are they just, I don't just know. sort of novelties at this point? Is anyone point? listening to this from Massachusetts uh, does, or New Hampshire? Does uh, does Roller Kingdom still exist in Tingsboro? Let me know. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> now that that digression, we are closing the, the hail bag. Uh soon as i again find the hailing frequencies closed which i there it is right next to it all right it's time to get into the episode we crossed many doors to many places your hails made us think of all your faces sit comfortably in your humble abode let's talk about this week's episode hello it's time to talk about this week's episode man of the people which uh, aired in uh, some time, a long time ago, 1992, October 5th to be exact. Andy, what was happening in the world at that point? I'll tell you, Matt, the number one song in the U.S. continued to be End of the Road by Boys to Men, while the number one song in the U.K. continued to be Ebenezer Good by The Shaman. So 
Andy and I were talking beforehand, and we're like, well, let's finally hear the shaman's like, we've heard Boys the Men three weeks in a row. Let's hear what the UK was up to. And boy, oh boy, UK. <laughs> <laughs> Naughty, naughty, very naughty. Number one. Pretty amazing. It's kind of like the beginning to a terrible Cinemax sci-fi movie. Um, anyway, the number one movie was Last of the Mohicans. The number one book is Where is Joe Merchant by Jimmy Buffett. And uh, there were some births that week. Cardi B. There were some births that week. <laughs> as, as one might imagine, there were some births. <laughs> hey, newsflash, there were some births that week. It's, uh, it's, we're not in Children of Men yet, but... <laughs> Aren't we? Um, events... Uh, hey, I wonder how how quarantine will affect the birth rate. I would assume it goes up. But there's so many people complaining that their relationship has taken a hit during this time. Also, I think also there's a lot of bored people. <laughs> that is true. You, so know? you got both things. Um, anyway, the births of that week were Cardi B. And uh, the events were Mortal Kombat is released to arcades. Oh, wow. I used to play Mortal Kombat at Roller Kingdom. Full circle. (laughs) Nice. Uh, All right. Let me get the shaman Ebenezer Good off the the speakers. Uh, And uh, let's also, let's figure out what the hell... uh, Old Blue Eyes was up to that week. It's time for everybody's favorite segment. Frank Sinatra, come Frank on. Frank Sinatra, come on. <laughs> it's time for that segment everybody hates. <laughs> time for Frank Sinatra, come on. Uh, here we go. Oh, Andy, what was the chairman of the board up to in uh, October of 95? I mean, 92. I'll tell you, Matt, uh, this week had found Frank performing one-night stands at the Warner Theater in Washington, D.C., the Centrum in, let me see if I can do this, Worcester, Massachusetts. How would you do Massachusetts? How is that was saying in full Boston boy? Worcester. Have the second part. Massachusetts? Is just Massachusetts? Worcester, Mass. 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 Um, it's hard for me to keep New York out of it. Uh, and the Providence Civic Center in Rhode Island. Oh, I've been to both venues. Way to go, Frank. Yeah, of course. In other words... Oh, boy. Did you ever... You never saw Frank, right? You were too... No, no, I never saw Frank. If I was playing Mortal Kombat, I wasn't going to Frank Sinatra's concerts. Uh, I did buy... I did have his the reprise Frank Sinatra CD collection, though, as a kid. Like, as, like, a 14-year-old, I bought it. You uh, bought it yourself. Yes. Interesting. Uh, all right. Thank you, Frank. Thank you, Andy, for uh, updating us on what the chairman was up to. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about uh, man of the people. Here is Doctor Larry Nemechek, Doctor Trek, Larry Nemechek, self-proclaimed Doctor of Trek, uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation Companion Revised Edition. Here it is. This is directed by Weinrich Colby and written by. Where did I... I lost the page somehow. Joe Minoski is my memory. Yeah. Frank. Frank Minoski. Nope. Frank 
of uh, Frank Abbott Marco. There you go. After the Enterprise assumes the transport of an ambassador to the site of an interplanetary war's peace talks, Troy begins aging rapidly and acting without abandon following the sudden death of the mediator's aged mother. The woman had accused Troy of having designs on her son, Alcar, a Lumerian. But after her strange death, he refused an autopsy according... uh, He refused an autopsy according... Okay. Upset at the woman's outburst and later death, Troy aids at Alcar in what he says is his planet's funeral ritual, which leaves her feeling old and her libido running amok. First, she seduces a young ensign after both Alcar and Riker turn her down. Then, appearing to age rapidly, she stabs Picard, <laughs> which <laughs> leads him uh, after recovering the wound to order an autopsy on Alcar's dead mother. Uh, it is found that Alcar and Troy actually shared a process that let him dump his negative thoughts in order to keep his mind clear for negotiating. The dead woman was not his mother, just a previous victim. Picard, angry at uh, Alcar's nonchalant admission, waits until near the end of the successful talks before faking Troy's death. The broken link with Troy in mid-link forces Alcar to turn to one of his aides, whom Picard has beamed out, leaving Alcar to die in agony, aged just like his victims. Oh, God. Yep. Pillar and Moore praise Sirtis' sexy but scary scenery-chewing performance for lifting one of the season's (laughs) early disappointments. (laughs) An episode that shows the signs uh, of being rushed into production one slot early when the next show, Relics, had to be pushed back due to the scheduling of James Doohan. Uh, when Abbott Marco, an experienced writer, but the new guy on the block, uh, the staff each took an act and pulled another committee right to break the script for his treatment. He was a seasoned veteran, but it wasn't fair a fair introduction for him, says Taylor, who was still preoccupied with the season debut at the time. It remained for his later work for everybody to realize that perhaps this wasn't for him. <laughs> but that's not... Uh, I because I, I had read about this in Star Trek 365 because I was so like, how did this? What? How did this happen? Um, and that's why I, I was thinking Joe Manoski just because it, he was quoted. But it's um, as you say, Frank Abadamarco uh, who did it. But like, if if they if they if the gang write a script, which is basically the whole room writes different parts of it, they break it together and then they all write. It's like you can't be blamed for the outcome. That's not on you. Not and yet all. he got slammed for it, and um, he only had a couple more credits, and then he uh, transitioned into real estate in Southern California. Today, he is the chairman of the Santa Barbara County Food Bank's Board of Trustees. I but think that sounds like... That's he, not on him. That's just did, a hard luck show business story. Sounds like he did well for himself, and uh, quite frankly, I'd prefer real estate right now, too. Uh, this episode's closing is one of the warmest record Troy scenes yet. Uh, I don't know why I'm reading all this. I never do, but it was so weird that I felt the need. It really, I, I, <laughs> I, I literally had to finish this episode in three sittings. I kept turning it, turning it off. I was just like, I can't, I can't watch this anymore. I, <laughs> I got through it in one, but like, I was definitely like feeding Henry with the iPad on my side of the table. Sure. Mostly paying attention to it. Yeah. Uh, Andy, have you joined the party? 
Oh, I have not. I apologize. It's in the chat window there. Come on in and let's uh, let's get through this. <laughs> That's our motto. Let's get through this. I'm in. All right. I don't see you. Oh, wait. I'm not in. Hang on one sec. Now oh, you man. are. Okay. Here we go. Has been attacked near Rekag Seronia. Hostilities between the two factions on that planet have intensified recently, threatening an important Federation shipping route. Captain, sensors have located the transport ship. Two Rekag battle cruisers are flanking it. Red alert, shields up. Phases online, photon torpedoes armed and ready. Is the transport still under attack? The cruiser's weapons are powered up. Sir. I mean, it's just setting up for so much excitement. They don't want to take on the Enterprise. We are now within visual range of the transports. <laughs> this is going to be a great episode, folks. By the way, as soon as those ships leave, that's like, that's it. That was the promise of excitement. <laughs> those ships yep. don't want to face the Enterprise. So instead, we're left with uh, damage to the Dorian subspace this sit- situation. Audio communication only, sir. Open a channel, Mr. Wolf. Aye, sir. This is Captain Jean-Luc Picard of the Federation Starship Enterprise. Captain Talmadge of the Dorian. Glad you're here. We took some shield damage from the Raycog ships, but we're still intact. Do you have any injuries? Can we assist you in any way? No injuries, but I'd uh, like permission to transport two of our passengers to your ship. They're the weirdest ones on board, and quite frankly, I'm tired of them. <laughs> Being a I think he's the reason the Raycox fired on us. He's traveled from a sector to help them the negotiation. Raycock, erroneous. Captain, I'm losing you. Go ahead and beam your passengers on board. No matter how annoying they are. No reason for the communications to go down like that. You know no, I mean? it's it sort of implies that it was... Might be a plot some... point, but it isn't at all. Maybe it was no. in an earlier draft. Like, is it just so that he doesn't go, oh, by the way, yeah. there's something real weird about right, them. Right, right, right. I just want to warn you, cat. <laughs> yes, Captain. <laughs> and then I just, I'll just, I'll just. He might inject one of your crew members with all of his emotions. Uh, and then, they, like, I think it's weird that they just send Troy. Like, two unknown people are beaming aboard. Like, have, like, one security detail there, you know totally true i don't know why whatever and then and then it just gets weirder here we go i'm counselor diana troy not that part and my mother what is what does this lady go along with that story the mother thing yes i don't know he seems to really have a spell over her so it's very unclear. Maybe he's like, you can hang out with me if you tell everyone you're my mother. <laughs> and she's like, okay. You think he's attracted to you, but he isn't. You offer him nothing. She hasn't been feeling well. Could she be taken to quarters? Of course. Chief, uh, I'll take you to Captain. I'm the Captain. transporter chief. I, I should probably stay in the transporter room in case I'm needed for anything. But okay, I'll take this old lady down to her room. <laughs> Don't pursue him. I won't have it. I'll stop you. <laughs> the chief was like, well, what if I wanted to go for it? Uh, on, on top of all the other 
offensive aspects of this episode. Just the worst alien design ever. It's just this weird, hastily drawn tattoo on their forehead. Look, it's, it's either like, that or you're, you're just like, it's it's the uh, plain looking human. Like, there's nothing. Spend ten minutes on a prosthetic of some kind. I mean, even the, even the, um, uh, what is uh, Dex? Trill. Yeah, even the trill have like a more you know involved design to them, with the with the more dots for sure. But uh, this seems like a nice. Uh, let me cut out a stencil and we'll just spray over it, <laughs> and uh, everyone will go through the line real quick. It looks sloppy. I say it's sloppy. The armed flagship of Starfleet. My mission as negotiator of peace will be compromised. There must be a Federation transport ship somewhere in the area that could take me there. With all due respect. Admiral, to put the ambassador on board another unarmed transport would be to invite a second assault. I believe the attack on us was an isolated incident, nothing more. Ambassador Alcar, the Raycar Sonora dispute has threatened Federation ships for many months. We are grateful that you are willing to undertake this mission and you have our full support. Thank you, sir. However, we also recognize that safety is an issue. Not just yours, but the crew that escorts you. To send you on an unarmed transport puts everyone at risk. I think at best, if you proceed the Rekasseronia, aboard the Enterprise. Then I have no choice. Once you get to Rekasseronia, you can conduct your negotiations. <laughs> this, guy's, this guy's day was easy. He just came in, sat at this desk, and read this prompter. And <laughs> yeah. You'll be in good hands with Captain McCoy. If anybody here has a show someday, please feel free to cast me as the... Uh, the guy who comes in and does this. <laughs> they play. Oh my god! I lost the. Hang on. Let me hop back in. The guard, Commander Riker. Up, oh, Andy. I've, I'm off track. Hang on one second. Take your time. Here's Worf doing Tai Chi. Wait, it's I'm not there yet. Set a course for Seronia. Oh. There we go. It's not Tai Chi, Andy. It's the Klingon whatever of whatever. <laughs> Seems like Tai Chi. Sure does. I don't um, know what this guy's already doing in a Tai Chi class. <laughs> yeah, he's really... He's really trying to acclimate immediately. Today. There will be another class tomorrow at 0700 hours. <laughs> Seems like too chill a, Worf, a I- style... That is early. Yeah. I don't want to go to that class. <laughs> Seven hundred. Come on, Worf is committed. That's ridiculous. But I also, it seems like a real chill, like style of uh, of movement in martial art for a Worf to be interested in. Uh, they do it. Uh, this is, is this the first time you've seen this? No, I feel like I've seen okay, it before. Yeah, I just yeah. don't remember. They do it. A, I feel like they do it like four or five times throughout the series. It's just yeah. yeah it's Worf's. It's Worf's. It's the only way Worf can get calm. Because get what? he always has to He'll get calm. Not fire off torpedoes, and he really wants to. So he just goes down and chills. I gotta say, he's the most chill in this episode that we've maybe ever seen him in an episode where there's a lot of security stuff required. <laughs> he's so bored when those guys take his phaser. He's like, he Meh. just seems like he's completely distra- It's almost like he's not even thinking about it. Yeah. He's like, whatever. <laughs> oh, fine. I let everyone talk until they're exhausted. And when I start, 
They're too tired to argue. <laughs> it's like I'm sucking out their emotions. <gasps> I can't imagine how you're going to get those two sides talking to each other. Neither can I. I won't know that until we get there. I tend to feel my way through a situation. Deck nine. If I were empathic like you, I'd have a real advantage. I thought Lumerians were empathic. Only with each other, not other species. So, I don't have any idea what you might be feeling just now. Curiosity. What I sense from you is very unusual. Calmness, serenity, tranquility. You seem to embody the very qualities that you hope to draw out in others. Tell me, Counselor, have you ever been involved in diplomatic negotiations? Several times with Captain Picard. There have been instances when having an empath along has been helpful. I'm sure. I could use some of that help. Would you come with me when we reach Saronia? <laughs> Why? If the authorizes it, of course <laughs> There's a bajillion quarters that are unoccupied on the Enterprise. Why does he have to stay with his quote-unquote mother? <laughs> <laughs> I hope to see you again. You're late. Mother, I told you that I'll be gone for over an hour. Stop calling me mother. Because of her. Have you made it with him yet? <laughs> what? That's what you want, isn't it? Mother, please, come in. I can always tell the ones with a certain look in their eyes. You want to see if go. his genitals have the same this. mark. They do. Hastily drawn by the makeup department. <laughs> Weird. Weird. I do. From top to bottom. I do like how uh, bored, <laughs> bored she is in that therapy session later. Like, that's what she's thinking the whole time. Oh, she's my just God. just too polite to say it. It's really funny. Okay. evaluation reports. Does it have to be today? It's not going to be any easier tomorrow. It might. I would think you would enjoy that. This this scene, just sort of that they're doing <laughs> their basic reports. With mother. I love it. She frightens me, Will. The feelings I sense from her are malevolent. They're out of proportion. They're evil. I know she's been sick. She's very old. She's probably senile. Who knows? We could all end up that way someday. Or we'll make pizza on a planet. Yay. Right. Okay. Let's get through these evaluations, and when we're done... I'm going to reward myself with two ice cream sundaes. First, molecular biology. Lieutenant oh. Jeffrey Freitas. I wonder how often the crew evaluations are happening. Because there's, if there's a thousand and thirty something crew members, <laughs> That's these a two, really good point. Their their entire <laughs> year would be evaluating three members of the crew a day. You yeah, know what I mean? maybe that's maybe that's what why she's so tired out by it. Maybe it's just like, oh Jesus, it's never ending. It's like the mail. <laughs> Warp to Commander Riker. Go ahead. Can you report to Ambassador Alcar's quarters? There is an emergency. 
It's his wife. It's his mother freaking out again. Mm -hmm. 40 cc's anaprovaline. Huh. (laughs) Just already in rigor mortis. (laughs) Nurse Ogawa is in the episode later, isn't she? Yes. And yet she's not here. Someone's got to be running sick bay. Uh, Oh, yeah. Good point. She would be second in command. I'm sorry, Ambassador. She Say it. Ill. Say she's I dead. I should have brought her along. Hmm. She was 93. She'd lived a long life. I should be grateful for that. Alcar, is there anything I can do? He's such a liar. Counselor. There's a funeral meditation. Part of our rituals. As an empath, you're the only person on board who could perform it with me. I'll be glad to help. I brought brought this tiny coffin with me. (laughs) This will help. I don't want you to be weirded out by it. I carry a little tiny coffin with me everywhere I go. You never know when I need to do funeral uh, things. So, okay. So these stones uh, make her go cuckoo? Because they get all of his negative thoughts, I guess? I guess that's the idea. Checking for bags under her eyes. Counseling session with Ensign Janeway. Ensign Janeway! Counseling session. Cancel them. Whoa. Cancel everything till after lunch. I think, I think someone said that it was not, it was established it wasn't the same Ensign Janeway. I mean, it wasn't Captain Janeway. Well, she'd be a commander by now, at least. Oh, would she? All right, there you go. Yeah, because <clears throat> Voyager is only, what, three years after this? Well, maybe she was accelerated due to exceptional service. Like the Captain Kirk model of uh, the JJ-verse. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Was elderly, and Alcar said she had been ill, but I found no evidence of any disease. I did find abnormally high (laughs) levels. I've never seen a doctor whine so much about not being able to do an autopsy. She was. She really wants to. She really, like, then she goes down to Jordy and is like, look at these logs. Can I do a fake autopsy compared to transport? <laughs> uh. She loves her autopsies. She ten second skip. The-, the ten second skip button. Everybody's favorite button. She can't get enough of this Klingon Tai Chi. And then there's this weirdness. Is she looking for more wrinkles? Or is she just like, I'm going to go be sexy? I don't know. And what does it have to do with... I think it's all the feelings you don't want when you're negotiating, right? So it's like, I don't want to have any thoughts of sex or or anger or uh, bitterness. So all of that gets rolled into... right. I mean, I think they could have absolutely used the line to sort of convey that more than the negative emotion. Right. Nothing. Yeah, he's shutting down all emotion, but it's very specific emotions that some are not, you know. Yeah, it's like all the things that a a prize fighter would abstain from in preparation for a prize fight. I guess so. (laughs) Well, no, you know, he wouldn't necessarily abstain from aggression. No, you want to be calm and you? tranquil. I don't know anything about you. Tranquil? Or something. I don't know. <laughs> well, I'd like to. 
There's very little to know. I lead a very simple life. I like blue, and I put a white scarf on underneath my blue jacket shirt. I got one of these things on my head. That's a my my species thing. Do you find me attractive? Extremely. And when you find someone attractive, what do you usually do? <laughs> She's asking if he understands what sex is. That depends on a lot of things. Is it really so complicated? It can be. Well, perhaps you overthink things. She's acting like a regular so, Riker over here. <laughs> be like that. So, I guess there must be some reason that I don't know that they ever explain that he's not engaging physically with her further because he then absorbs his emotions back into him or something like that? There's some reason? No, I assume it's, again, he wants he's a, he doesn't have those feelings. He's put them in her. Oh, he just doesn't have the feelings at all. Yeah, right, gotcha, he's put gotcha. everything in her that he doesn't want right now, and that right. obviously would, I assume, be, you know, if she's acting so overtly sexual, it would be that. Well, look, independent... At this point in the episode, of even you know, I have uh, I have suspicions of what it could be. I actually thought it might be that the that the mother's spirit is put in her, and they have a messed up relationship. So actually, what they are actually doing is more. This makes more sense and is is more interesting than that. But uh, in any event, it's I don't another... think it's more interesting than that. I think your idea is a little bit more interesting. Oh really? <laughs> okay. There's like there an edible kind of thing happening that's slightly more interesting than than i mean this is the thing to to me immediately whatever the case is it's another mind assault on troy yet another (laughs) and it's just like why is that the go-to every time it's all they do with her character it's really a bummer it's it's not i mean is it ever good it's never good why do they keep going to the well that was not good in the first place because they go There's what so can much we, what can we do with an empath oh empaths feel emotions okay well what if we fucked with troy's emotions okay it approaches the whole her whole character and this is really the main problem it approaches her whole character as though there's nothing that she can do that's useful story-wise, that's empowering. She doesn't save herself. She has to be rescued. She is the victim. It's just like, she's an empath. She should be one of the most powerful people on board or should be one of the most useful people on board. It's so weird. Uh, I mean, I think it was just a mistake to put an empath on the show. I like. I, wish, I feel like I, wish I agree. She was just a psychiatrist and was in a regular uniform and was off. I agree I agree with that that as a general you know when you're when you're designing the show I agree with that and I know that that has been both our our statement and other people's statement about this but if you have her and you know that she has these powers why not explore the potential of those powers and the different things that she can do and if you come up with with uh with um counterpoints to her like villains that will bring out of her 
other uses of the of the of her powers that that make her more impressive and interesting and she has to sort of strategize against them instead of just making her the victim every time it's so weird and it's not interesting beyond it being just upsetting and offensive to the character i don't like it i can't argue with that it it's very i don't know whatever you could have made her kick ass you could have made her like use her 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 powers to really save people and oh, oh, you're just and take Jean, down people. She's, she's and, not Jean Grey. Yeah, you could have made take her Jean Grey. Down, That's exactly it. Well, I don't mean like in a telekinetic kind oh, of way. I'm gonna kill you with my mind. <laughs> Look, there were people in. I'm trying to remember. It's more like you could have made her more Professor Xavier. Well, it's not. It's not X Men. It's Star Trek. You know, we ignore the fact that X Men steals a lot from Xavier Star Trek. Is next to her. Uh, yeah, but I think I think they X-Men. fucked up. You just don't. I don't think you need an empath on the bridge. I think they fucked up with that. I think that that was a dumb. Yeah, but you choice. You for the have character. her. Yeah, You've I know. Already... But like the episodes where like she would end the episode in four and a half minutes, she's gone. They don't write her into the show. Yeah, but you can right. But you can. I'm saying if you have her, and these are her powers. You could have figured out other other obstacles. Yes, but then are, like it's always like I can't get a read on this. The this. I, that's what species. I'm saying is that's what I'm saying is the flaw is it. She they should have made her more active, even I, if I would argue she was blocked. They should never have made her character empathic. No, I agree with that. I guess I'm saying if you have it, I still don't think like there's no way out. I think there's always a writing solution. Yeah, the writing solution is optimal. to fully remove her powers via some agree. sort of viral I think that there's infection. ways of making it interesting. And I think, for instance, you could have had that he comes on board, he sense, she senses something, and he starts doing it to other people, and then he, she is... She is the opposition. She's the one who's trying to convince everyone on board or figure out what he's doing. She is the detective. And you approach it from uh, an empathic uh, powers viewpoint. She's like an emp- empathic powers Sherlock Holmes in the episode, for instance. Well, I mean, it's like when um, when Sarek is aboard and his emotions are spilling over everywhere. Yes. Um, and I don't even remember what the hell they did with her at that point. You know, there's fights yeah, breaking out in 10 forward and they, they're just like, because they don't know how to use her. So they should have just made her a fucking scientist and done. That's a perfect. That's a perfect example. I don't remember. If, uh, we'd have to go back to the episode. Maybe they do use her this way. I, th- I have. A, I have a vague memory of her commenting on what's happening. Yes, that's a perfect example. And that was all. Have her go did. in and have her have some ap- amount of control to calm the situation. Right. But they didn't know how to use her. No. But that, to me, I guess my point is that's not, even though I agree with your essential point that they, they shouldn't have put that in the show in the first place, if she is in the show, that's not an essential problem that they can't fix. It's just one that they didn't But then I think to. all the drama that you're, like, writing to, you're, you're having to, like, then you, you have to bend it to her. Do you know what I mean? Like, it just changes everything. She, it's, too, it's too weird of an ability to give to a main cast member. Do you know I'm what I mean? Because it, with it that. just like it just skews everything. You know, but, if you're if you're trying to go to her, it's just like also like you know, it's like when we see data like uh, not take somebody's phaser out of their hand with super data speed. It's because dramatically in the moment, it's not what they want to do, even though the character could do that. 
Yeah, but you give data. They gave data, you know, maybe more than any other character, plenty of time to show different sides, show different abilities. He's always active, you know, and they never do it with Troy or very rarely do it with Troy. I think the problem is that she's uh, she's well, she has one great ability, and that is uh, dealing with her mom. (laughs) <laughs> Loxana Troy, the greatest character in Star Trek. We were supposed to finish the crew evaluation reports. Of course, come in. Sir! As you were. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. I was just leaving. If there's anything else I need, I know where to find you. Yes, ma'am. Also skipped over the weird interact between them in the elevator, which is we don't have to go back to it. But I like that he snaps to attention when the first officer walks in. I know that, <laughs> Riker. I know. I believe we were with Lieutenant Freitas in molecular biology. Why do I think you're upset? I don't know. Could we just continue with the evaluation? Well, remember who you're talking to. You are bothered, I can tell. Deanna, I'm sorry I intruded. When you're ready to work, why don't you give me a call? I will. (laughs) So, here's what I think. There's various things. First of all, I really am impressed with Frakes' handling of the subtleties of the the Riker-Troy relationship when he walks in and he sees the other guy that they don't have a relationship where he would be jealous and he's just sort of like, whoa, what's going on? Um, He's just sort of a little bit bemused and taken off guard, but not upset. And that's all in his performance. Uh, Maybe in the script, I'd have to check. Um, But uh, I like that. And I am impressed with uh, Marina Sirtis's, (laughs) like she's really, (laughs) she's really embodying a lot of subtle, terrible characteristics in that moment. And and certainly when she's uh, she's in therapy with the lady, um, <laughs> my, favorite, my favorite scene in the uh, episode. Um, what do you think of the uh, what do you think of the the subtext of the uh, of the crewman that she takes back to subtext her quarters? Of it, what do you mean? Like from his perspective, do you think this stuff goes on 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 the ship? Like. She sort of smiles at him in the elevator, and he kind of looks like he knows it's on. And I'm like, is that what happens on that ship? Uh, I mean, I think it does happen on the ship. And uh, maybe he's like, maybe he's got a, you know, he had a longstanding bet going with one of his buddies. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> who's like, I bet you can't uh, get a senior officer to make love to you. And he's like, oh, yeah. I could do it, and it's been 18 months, and they're still they know nobody's paid up on this bet. He finally I sees see. a shot here. <laughs> this this he guy tried. sounds increasingly like a really not great guy. Well, he tried, he tried and failed with uh, with Jordy, with Worf, yeah. with Crusher. Right. I see. <laughs> Nurse Ogawa wasn't into it, even though. Right. Uh, I, you know, he definitely has that vibe. It's sure, really he's, he and Paris would be fighting at, uh, fighting over the Delaney sisters in no time. Yeah. Oh, there's your buddy, Paris. You and and Ensign whatever, Newman or whatever the hell's name is, uh, should go after the Delaney sisters. Um, But uh, but other than that, I mean, it's like I just think that this is more... 
Uh, I think it's more along the lines of. Uh, I think they do when you know when given the chance that I think both Jonathan and and Marina give great sort of friends who still have feelings for each other but know that it doesn't work right now. Right. Like but they, they both play that very well. But also the thing that I think has been said to us by many letters and, and uh, or hails is, uh, is sort of that they're kind of both free-spirited you know individuals that don't judge each other or condemn I, each other. And I don't, you know, I sort of read into his performance a little bit there that it's not that he's mad about it. He doesn't just, the way she's behaving is the thing he's mad about. Like, yeah. I think he, yeah, he's and, not, and the, And the fact that it was like, it is a weird move for her to sort of not alert him that to not come to the quarters right now. <laughs> I feel like well, it's more I of think that. she canceled all of her appointments in the morning and didn't tell him. Right. Which we saw that scene of earlier. Which is but why I mean, he's like, where he's like, he's like tracking her down because they got to finish these crew evaluations. But I feel like Troy, in her right mind, would have been, and I feel like Riker would have been too, whenever possible, um, um, sensitive to the other. And so this is an example of insensitivity. Well, and not, this goes with more of the feelings that uh, what's his face put into Troy. Insensitivity, yeah, totally. anger, space. sexiness, of course. Of yeah. Naturally, the Recogs retaliated. There's been fighting ever since. If they would just sit down with me. The Recogs won't go into Zeronian territory for talks, and the Zeronians won't go to Raycog. In the meantime, they fight. Ambassador, the situation sounds so volatile. Perhaps a cooling off period. These people need an end to the fighting now. To delay a week, even a few days, could cost thousands of lives. Then I would recommend that we ask both sides if they would agree to meet in the city of Darthen. Why Darthen? It's a coastal city. It has been neutral throughout the conflict. Both Seronians and Rekag loyalists live there. It might be acceptable as a compromise. I thought so that this scene was so lamely written. Like, it's like, so Captain Picard has to tell you guys of the city. We're so crazy. They're neutral. It's like, he has to tell you about this planet, Switzerland. That's a kind of an example, though, of even Captain Picard is on the outside. He shouldn't know more than them, but they still like, well, we want to have Captain Picard be the most competent person in the room. So he knows about it, even though they don't. Yeah, but I also think it's like so lazily done. There's no yeah, way those two you. don't know that. Anyway, let's right. go back to our my favorite scene. Finally, we get the uh, counselor, Troy, being annoyed I counselor. it must be my imagination, but it <laughs> seems as though Lieutenant Pinder just doesn't want me in his section. What makes you think that? He's so critical. I can't ever do anything to please him, and I try, Counselor. I try to make sure there's nothing he could find fault with. Give me an example of what you mean. Well, yesterday I was running routine diagnostics on the sensor pallets. They checked out. But Lieutenant Pinder questioned me because I'd allowed a point oh two three variance. That's well within specifications. He goes out of his way to criticize me. Do you know of any reason why he might do that? No. That's why I'm here. Well, maybe he's just tired of hearing you complain. <laughs> Pardon me? I know I'm certainly tired of it. How do you think it feels to sit and listen to someone whine about themselves all the time? 
Well, I didn't realize I was... This isn't Starfleet Academy. You're not going to be coddled. If you can't take it here, then you might think about a transport ship. There's a lot less pressure there. But I love being on the Enterprise. I don't want to be anywhere else. If you aren't up to it, then you don't deserve to be here. Isn't that right? <laughs> so cold. So. <laughs> so you better take a hold of yourself. Or be prepared for transfer. I will, Counselor. Thank so you. Cold. That that set her on the path to captaincy right there. She ta- um, she takes it to heart, you know. It's like you know what I got to get my act together. She's right. I mean, in some ways, Troy's really saying nothing wrong. She's just saying it so fucking forcefully. It's funny. It's uh, also just so atypical to to Troy. She would have always be um, sympathetic to whatever their right. problem was. <laughs> Look at this, by the way. I just noticed that. Ch- I thought that crusher was standing she's not standing she has her legs on the chair and is kneeling on the chair peering I over i didn't notice that i already thought it was a little bit weird that she's leaning over like she's like she's lucy leaning over schroeder's like piano yeah <laughs> i always thought that was a little bit weird and the fact that she has her legs up kicked up on the chair is even stranger she really 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 just wants to do an autopsy <laughs> Here we go. Takes a long time to get these logs. On Sev Melor. Jordy, could this log have been damaged in any way? I don't think so. Why do you ask? There's a discrepancy between the log and the tricorder readings I took just three days later. The tricorder shows massive physiological deterioration compared with her condition when she beamed aboard. I find it hard to believe that so much damage could have occurred in such a short period of time. Hmm. Well, I can run a diagnostic on the biofilter system and your tricorder. Thanks. Of course, the best way to get the information I need would be to do an autopsy. <laughs> you wouldn't be able to let me do an autopsy, would you, Jordy? <laughs> uh... Counselor Troy has altered her appearance. What's interesting is they all noticed the the outfit Hello, counselor. and the hair, but like nobody, nobody, it doesn't bump anybody that she's him. turning gray within a matter of hours. But you have nothing to give him. I mean, she could have finally just stopped dying. You know what I mean? It wouldn't have grown out that. <laughs> you know how dying works. You've seen it. You know the bullions there waving a wand over the hair. I see. She just, just pulls very it out. Quick. She just goes, well, <laughs> all right. I could have talked to you in private. And you, you're envious of him. You pretend to support him, but secretly you want him to fail. Well, that's so that's mean. So. Why does he feel like that? Please. You must return to your quarters. I won't. I won't be here with you. Ambassador, the counselor and I are needed on the bridge. Of course, Commander. I mean, here's a... Here's a what? Go ahead. Here's a catch-22, I think. Uh, although I think I've figured out a way you could get around it. He's putting all of his negative emotions and impulses into Troy. Mm-hmm. And yet he's continuing to be incredibly immoral with his choices in this situation. <laughs> so what about those negative impulses? He doesn't. He has justified them. 
He right. has, he thinks they're it's, for the greater good. Right, right. He 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 thinks he's being altruistic. Right. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know what you thought you were doing in there, but you were way out of line. Deck nine. Just wait till I stab the captain. <laughs> <laughs> then you'll see. Then you'll have something to talk about. All right, Deanna. Just what the hell is all this? Anxiety. You've seen these episodes before, Riker. Do you still care about me? Of course I care about you. I'm worried about you. What's all this? Don't you think I'm attractive? This just isn't you. Oh. Oh, it is. You want me, don't you? Deanna. I need you. What is this? Meow. <laughs> Please. I like it rough now. What's that? <laughs> I like it rough now. She screams down the hall as he's leaving. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, just every part of this was upsetting to watch. It was so awkward and weird yeah. and and redundant with other episodes. And I'm old now. Look what you've done. You said you'd take me with you. How did he think he was going to get away with this? He didn't think she would age this fast. Oh, right. That's yeah. right. But that's not possible now. <laughs> the, the script is ironclad, Andy. You can't argue with any of it. <laughs> really? You really are showing me how I'm so wrong about how this episode is bad. <laughs> I still do. You've done so much for me. Then take me. Don't leave me here. FYI. Please leave her going. This guy calls her Diana. I don't know if we're supposed to draw from that. That you, uh, you, you, you called her Diana. Me? I called her Diana. Diana. And then it's Diana. And then everyone's. I know, but he calls her Diana the it's, way I called her. Well, he's saying it with a with a with a ambassador accent. Whatever the fuck, <laughs> no, whatever the fuck planet that I'm is. I'm saying it's said both ways in this show. Well, I said that's what I said to you. It's like Leah and Leia in in Star Wars. They, in the first movie, they say it both ways all the time. Uh huh. I don't remember that. Being with you. She's been on Saroni for weeks. She knows the people, the situation. She wants to take you away from me. Deanna, you are my anchor. I need you more than you can possibly realize. Do you understand? I need you here, making it possible for me to do my work. I won't let her have you! I'll stop her! Some great specific acting coming up. This guy in the hallway. Yeah. Me with you. She Please really does scream her. down that. Don't leave me! <laughs> don't do it! <laughs> That's how you do it! Now that is specific acting. <laughs> you see some shit going down in the hallway. There's a big scene. Uh, oh, well, that's for Council Troy. I don't want to really say anything. I don't understand. I'll, just, I'll, give him a, I'll give her a look, and then you move on. Nice and simple. That's specific acting. That's 2735. How, I wish he just kept his eyes completely forward. <laughs> just pretended like He's this like, is not happening. This I'm is from not New happening. York. I'm from New York, and I walk by screaming people all the time. Dress. <laughs> It'd be funny if he went the opposite direction and was kind of just like whistling and happy and like <laughs> ignoring it completely. 
disagreement about the seating arrangements at the conference table. I'm not surprised. The good news, however, is that the ceasefire seems to be holding. And that is by far the best news. Thank you, Captain. Chief? Wait, I have to stab you someone. Take me with you? Deanna. Deanna. I already told you you can't. He says Deanna. He says Deanna. <laughs> Who are you going to argue with here? <laughs> yeah, it's Captain Cards, right? <laughs> chief, do something. That, the captain yeah, that, stabbed. That transporter chief was real slow on the draw there. Stop me! No! Sitting there and watching. <laughs> I love it. Security's called and Crusher's first. Here's, Crusher's here's a question I have. Here's a question I have. Did, did Deanna, did she, um, did she replicate that dagger? <laughs> Where did she get the dagger from? Did she steal it from Worf's quarters? I mean, she might have had one. She could have probably replicated one very quickly. Sure. Just funny that someone who's in a state of psychosis would uh, go. Kind of replicated dagger now. I'm gonna give it little ridges, like Harry Potter's <laughs> tattoo. I've seen that dagger before, and I forget where. I think it's mm-hmm. been used as a Star Trek prop a couple of times. <laughs> what happened to Diana? I feel like it's like the Nausicaan knife too. We'll see later. Wait on. a minute! Didn't he just say Diana? What? Go back. Hang on. I want to see this again. You gotta, you gotta go back much further. What happened to Deanna? Hold on. Deanna? Alright. It's on the line to me, but okay. It's on the line to you. <laughs> All of the systems in her body have elevated readings. Take her to sickbay. I want to see you in sickbay too. No, I'm the captain. Perhaps we should delay transporting to the surface. No. You should proceed with your mission. Very well. Chief. Transport them to the planet's surface. And next time, be faster. This guy's a good master villain in that he says, well, maybe we should be on the Enterprise, and he says, well, maybe I shouldn't go down to the to the surface. Uh, again, I don't think it's master villainy. I just think it's it's the serenity has been granted. Right, he's calm. He, does, yeah. he, doesn't, he doesn't think anything bad's going to happen to him. No, he's a sociopath. Yeah. <laughs> We'll have to sedate her. 20 cc's melorazin. Yes, doctor. One. There's a gawa. It's a little stiff, but it'll be fine. It'll disappear in a day or two. Dr. Crusher, I think you should see these readings, doctor. Two. Transmitter levels are 300% above normal. Same line. Same line. Just two. Oh, no, she, she gets the countdown, too. If you remember... I found extremely high levels of neurotransmitter residue in Olcar's mother. Could Diana have picked up some disease from them? I don't know. I need to do that autopsy. I don't... (laughs) Please, come on! I need to find out if there's a connection between what killed Maylor and what's happening to Troy. I mean, why am I here if I can't do an autopsy? God, Lieutenant Worf. Worf here, Captain. Mr. Worf, contact Ambassador Olcar. I need to speak with him. Doctor, neural energy is now 340% above normal. That's three. Master Alcar is at the negotiation table and cannot be disturbed. Really? Being a real gatekeeper for Alcar there, Worf. 
Medical log, star date 46075. It's been a while since we had a medical log. Medical log? It's exciting. But instead of answering our questions, the results have created an even deeper mystery. They're very tight on the stargazer. I don't have any explanation for this. When I examined Maylor's body, I found her heart, her lungs, her skeletal structure, most of the systems in her body were those of a 30-year-old. But how could that be? We both saw the woman. That's not all. I compared Maylor and Olcar's DNA. I don't know who that woman was, but she was definitely not his mother. Fifth cousin, maybe. Deanna's condition is (laughs) deteriorating rapidly. She could die. There are questions that only Olcar can answer. Picard, Lieutenant Worf. Worf here, Captain. Meet me in transporter room two. We're going down to the surface. Aye, sir. Still chill. Bring one phaser. Only one phaser and no one else. Yes. <laughs> For a very good reason. Counselor Deanna Troy is in sickbay dying. Dr. Crusher doesn't know the cause of her. He said it again. Deanna. He'll keep saying it. Forever. A condition, but I believe you do. Look, all I'm arguing is that... there. Well, that's what you already said. In the same scene, people are calling her different things. Yeah. Drawn some of their concessions, and the Seronians are threatening to break off the talks. I'll be right there. But no, uh, no script. Arguing for hours in Coordinator on the set or su- supervisor on the set telling them how to pronounce it correctly. No. <laughs> they just read it. They read it at home, and they read the. Tri- you know, they don't watch the show, and they just assume it's Diana, and then they can't get away from it. Yep. Expectations are lowest. Now is the moment I can be most effective. If I'm focused, centered, free of disquieting thoughts, I can turn these factions toward peace. Olcar, hear me out, Captain. It's important you understand. You see, I discovered long ago. I had this the performance is okay. I'll say. Darker. Yeah. Unwanted emotions to others, leaving me unencumbered. Is this what you've been doing to Counselor Troy? I hadn't planned it. I'd expected Maylor to live through the negotiation. Her death could not have been more untimely. So then you deliberately used Diana. She's an empath. I was reasonably certain I could establish a link with her. Frankly, I was amazed when I saw how quickly she'd aged. Usually my receptacles survive for years. Receptacles, such a gross word. So gross. Come now, Captain. Surely you can see there's a broader canvas here. If I came to these peace talks hindered by unwanted emotions, then the Rakogs and Seronians would be condemned to go on fighting. You cannot explain away a wantonly immoral act because you think that it is connected to some higher purpose. Captain, do you know how many people have died on this planet in the last 48 hours? Thousands. Deanna Troy is just one individual. Now he's decided it's Deanna because he's doing a scene with Patrick Stewart. (laughs) Maybe the script coordinator got to him. Ask the Seronian and Ricard children to go to bed each night in fear of their lives. Captain, I get no payment. I have no power base. No agenda. I'm willing to risk my life simply to help others. Do you think that makes you appear courageous? Because you're mistaken. You're a coward, Alka. You exp- 
exploit the innocent because you are unwilling to shoulder the burdens of unpleasant emotions. Well, this time you will be held accountable. I'm taking you back to the Enterprise to release Counselor Troy. I have no intention of releasing her now or ever. Alcar, everything is falling apart. You have to come now. If you'll excuse me, Captain. Mr. Wall. Let's look, look at this. <laughs> Poor War. He just looks down at his face. It's being... so weird. Why didn't they at least have him put up a fight or something? It's I know. like I know. I'm needed. You and your security chief will leave. It's such a strange I don't know. It's like that moment is so atypical to everything we have ever seen from Orf. He's so eager for a fight, he wants to shoot at everything. Well, you agree that he's bored out of his mind. <laughs> Lock onto all cars signal. Bring him on board. Captain. I am sure this Like, how would he not have just hidden them? Hit, hit them at least. I know. to find a way to break through. I want that man on this ship. No, sir. I like how. I do like how aggressively Picard is like, "Well, fuck this." Right. And then He's, the insanity of "I'll kill her for thirty minutes." Yeah. And Deanna has to die. In order to save Deanna. Olcar has to break his link with her, and the only way he can do that is if she's no longer an adequate receptacle. When Maylor died, Olcar turned immediately. Stop saying receptacle. <laughs> if Diana dies, and he breaks the link with her, then he will choose someone else, possibly someone from his own delegation. Wait a minute, you're talking about killing Diana. I'll be able to resuscitate her will as long as it's not more than thirty minutes. <laughs> Anyone who's it's dead for less than thirty minutes, I can cure. Olcar has to establish a link with someone else. You've seen it again and again. Diana, or else he might turn back to her. We must bear in mind that we'll be putting his next victim at risk. I want every possible security measure taken to protect that person. I don't know. What, no. for, why is he saying that to Diana? Okay. I want every measure taken to protect that person. Diana. Sorry, uh, not Deanna, uh, to Beverly. Why is he saying that to Beverly? Uh, oh, I think he's just saying it out loud so that uh, mm-hmm. so that Riker hears it. I think it's bad. It's bad editing to have her shake her head. I wonder if they were Give covering some cut the there. It's the gentlest way. I mean, well, she, she's the one about to kill everybody. <laughs> Proceed, Doctor. Bloodshed and conflict appears to be over. What is it? I'm I'm fine. Just just a little lightheaded. Oh, you're exhausted. Do you want a doctor? No, no, of course not. Enterprise to Ambassador Olcar. Respond, sir. I'm here, Captain. Ambassador, you must return to the Enterprise immediately. Counselor Troy is dying. We are prepared to To see you again. Whether you come willingly or not. Is dying to see. <laughs> Good job, security Matt. force fields protecting <laughs> us, Captain. They won't protect you any longer. Transporter room two, prepare to energize. We're I ready, just, Captain. I just did you the courtesy of telling you? I'm very angry. Uh, all right, make a note. She died. Great, everyone's sad. But a death had a purpose. I intend to make certain that you answer for what you have done. Your own Federation Council has promised me a safe and timely passage back to my planet. 
I expect you to honor that, Captain. <laughs> evil looks all around. So evil. Gotta go. <laughs> Diplomatic immunity. Seriously. Oh, I wish I'd done something. Try me down on the planet. I just stood there while they took my gun. woman in Ambassador Alcar's quarters. We may have to transport her out of there. Yes, Captain. Mr. Wolf, I want you to station yourself outside her quarters. Aye, sir. Couldn't I hide with like a sheet or something? <laughs> I'll just I'll duck down behind the coffee table. <laughs> They'll never see me. She helped me so much. Without her. So is he the I only one that has this power? He seems to be the only one who discovered it. You know, uh-huh. he's like uh, the Palpatine of this planet. <laughs> is, that, is that right? Sorry. Yeah. Is there anything I can do? I have a coffin box. <laughs> this is going to seem weird. I have a tiny coffin. <laughs> Not a casket, you see. It's it's angled at the top. The it's a coffin. Oh, that's the guy who worked for a funeral home right there. Mm-hmm. We have a minute and a half left. Prepare a hypospray of cordrazine. We'll use that in conjunction with the cortical stimulators. Yes, doctor. Fork! <laughs> we can't wait any longer. Release the stasis field. Yes, doctor. Five! She did it! <laughs> Hooray! Cortical stimulators. Dramatic music. Good job, Nurse Ogawa. Oh, man, here she is. Looks, this is her seventh line, I think. 420% above normal. <laughs> I'm laughing at his acting of his like the of face. His, of his, <laughs> of his, <laughs> Alcar, what's wrong? Neurotransmitter. I wish instead of making him old, they just sort of made him just naturally, just made him evil and like angry. But it's also sort of gratifying to watch him just die. Down I don't know. You want to see this guy hit, get some punishment by the end. 290%. Now. Cards transport room three, energize. Let me go! Grabbing The amount of times I've seen old people, like, in... I've seen young... I've, I've seen actors in old makeup die <laughs> on this show <laughs> is insane. Ooh, you can see the rest of that tattoo. Oh, yeah, there's more tattoo there. Do you care to take back your previous statement, Andy? No. (laughs) That looks worse. Oh, (laughs) he he dies but freezes in place? That's the same thing the other woman did. Oh, brother. To Captain Picard. Must be how these things die. Look at how bored Worf sounds. (laughs) He's dead. I I didn't get to do it, Captain. I I tried. I didn't even pull out my gun, really, honestly. My phaser. You know, my pew-pew. Let me think. My little laser. Wow. My ray gun, if you will. Oh, Jesus Christ. 
She got her hairstyle back. Her hair turned not just the same color, but the same original hairstyle. That's right. She feels better now. Reverse back to him somehow. That's our guess, like a man with no immune system. He wasn't able to handle the overload. And Leva? She seems to be fine. He wasn't able to establish a link on her. Looking back on the past few days. But I was. Deanna, I'm in love with Leva. Looking at a holodeck projection (laughs) of someone else. That's how it seemed to all of us. I wish that we just heard Reg off screen go computer end program. Is <laughs> <laughs> Reg? Is Reg? He just he, wa- scene with he them? watched this. Whole, he watched this whole thing play out. This is all a holodeck. <laughs> oh, even when they you're do. old and gray, oh. they make pizza together. Uh, and, this and episode is the worst. He's a no bueno. He's no bueno. Oh, my God. So terrible. Uh, all right. So, Andy, I guess we have to do the MVC. I don't see how we avoid it. I'd like to avoid it. Uh, here we go. It's clearly Worf. Uh, I mean, I guess it's Captain Picard, right? I mean, although maybe it's, it's, it's Beverly isn't it? for pursuing the yeah. uh, autopsy. She's the one that situation. wanted. She wanted to do the autopsy the whole time. If they had let her, if they had just let her, let her do the autopsy, cut the old lady open, and they let her kill Deanna, that was pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> congratulations, Beverly Crusher, starting out season six strong. All right, Maybe. here we go. We sit and watch and then we hang and talk But the podcast isn't over just yet How many Andy's does this episode get? Oh, you first, Andy I feel like you had very strong emotions I really did I did not like this episode Um, uh, I would say that the performance by the guy is fine Um, You know, all the performances are fine just the go treading on the right from the get-go treading on the same area again is appalling and at this point i would say in the series unforgivable i understand that they were rushed so what are you going to do you got to give them a little bit of slack because you know you it's as we it's it's just a natural fact that if you're going to do this many episodes in a season some are going to be great some are going to be terrible yeah but it's weird for episode three that is a really good point very early um, so I don't just even conceptually that they were going in the same area bothers me. It really bothers me that uh, they never make uh, Troy reliant on herself. That she's never the one who saves herself. She's always being rescued from these terrible situations they put her in. I kind of like thematically the you know that they're it's sort of. I guess you could say conceptually it's about you know men making women sort of hold their emotional water so like that's sort of something there but they just handle it so poorly from top to bottom the and Picard it's just speech not- is uh, the Picard speech at him is like oh you're you're just a coward you can't handle emotion right yeah I mean it's a little bit of a buyback but it's but like all that to me just keeps it away from a zero because I really (laughs) in my heart of hearts want to give it a zero so I'm going to give it a one and Uh, even that I do it begrudgingly Andy you're absolutely correct it's a one everybody congratulations episode (laughs) so terrible 
makes me mad. Well, you know, you don't have to be mad for long, Andy, because next week we get possibly my favorite uh, episode of Star Trek. One of so my exciting. Rewatch. Yeah, people episodes. are very excited about this episode. Uh, let's head over to YouTube. Let's uh, pull up the trailer for Relics. Uh, Star Trek. Uh, this was the Star Trek 25th anniversary was approaching. They wanted to do something special. Uh, and here is the trailer for that. Let me know when you have it pulled up, Andy. Ready to go. All right. And press play in three, two, one. Play. In an uncharted corner of the galaxy, a legend has been trapped in time for 75 years. Haunted by the past, he yearns. Yay! But the future <laughs> holds no place for him. As one engineer to another, I can do this. Can he become a hero oh. this time? It's coming up, Hot Lad. Scott returns next time on Star Trek: The Next Generation. There you go. I think I read that that was the reason that they were so so screwed in the previous episode was because they they put yeah, so I much said, on this uh, next episode. Yeah, it was in Nemechek's book too. There was some scheduling stuff with James Doohan. Uh He's probably at a convention or something. Uh, no. I don't think. I think Star Trek Six. Oh, that looks done great. Filming. Yeah, uh, so we have that to look forward to. I'm excited about it. Hopefully Andy's excited about it. He sounds excited about it. Hopefully the excitement contains uh, into the next week. Uh, in the meantime... I, if I, might, I might watch this episode immediately to cleanse the palate. Oh, it's a good palate cleanser. I let it play after, actually. After this one ended, I just let it play in the background. I got through, like, wow, 75% of it. Sense. Even though I had just watched it, like, two weeks ago on my own. Yeah. Like, I, this is an episode I put, I put on all the time. Uh, so that being said... I can't wait for next week. Hopefully you'll all join us. If you're in the Patreon, uh, there's uh, Marvel's coming out. If you're a President Circle member, we'll be doing that this week. Uh, and then the week after that, we'll be hitting up some uh, Voyager or Enterprise, whatever. Point is, plenty of podcasts <laughs> coming your way. One of those two after that, and then the other one after that. So uh, we'll see you then. And in the words of uh, the great Andy Secunda, uh, I'm going to go get a can't pizza. Wait. And with that, fair enough. I definitely <laughs> said that at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't figure out where we. Okay. Thank you. All right. Goodbye, everyone. Disengage. Follow Star Trek: The Next Conversation on social media. You can find them on Instagram and Twitter at Star Trek TNC. On Facebook, search for Star Trek TNC and join the face group. Send comments, questions, prime correctives, and anything else to sttncpod at gmail.com. And if you'd like to leave a voice hail, call 816-TREK-TNC. That's 816-873-5862. For callers outside of the United States, use country code PLUS1. And don't worry, no one answers the phone, it's only for messages. If you've got something to mail to Matt or Andy, send it to Andrew Secunda. P.O. Box 46898, Los Angeles, California, 90046. And please send an email to let them know that something is coming. Finally, to support the podcast and get even more content, visit patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. Be a lieutenant for only $5 per month or join the President Circle for $17.01 per month.